We're not alone. From last night? Aye, from last night. Though what drove me to such a recklessness, I can't say. I'm Riley, and this is Will. Oh, nice try. But you can just call me the old man of Hoy. Nothing. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. You ready to rock? Yep. What am I ready for? You ready for episode, season two? Um, episode six. Six. Yes. Isolated above, connected below. Not isolated below, connected above. No. That's not the full title. I just like I got that mixed up the first time writing it down. It was tricky. Anywho, mm -hmm. yeah, we are on. Back episode, to the wordy titles. Yeah, wordy titles. They're they're flying back at us. It's very exciting. Um, and yeah, who do you want to talk about? You ready? Well, there's Lido. Yes. Comes to mind because yes. I'm pretty sure his yeah. picture is on the thumbnail. Is he? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, uh, Lido is making a sad Spanish omelet to fool his family. Yes. Uh, I find it really cute. I did not notice this, uh, shamefully until a little bit later on, but in season two, like... He just calls Danny and Lido his family whenever he has to say something for, like, a group meeting. Mm -hmm. He's like, family, I feel like I've been hearing a sound that it says to go to Sao Paulo. And they're like, oh, my God. And um, we get to eat this thing. And we get to eat this awesome Looks Spanish like a, omelet. Looks like a pillow made of eggs. Oh, so yummy. With I've fruit on top. Yes. Apparently also called Spanish tortilla. Oh, really? Uh, but the point is, it's it this delicious. big fluffy thing. It is. It's huge. It's like a cake. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, so he, he tells them they're going to Sao Paulo after being dramatic and teasing out that he's not mad at them, even though they feel like he is, because, you know, he's been Mr. Mopey McMope face after getting all of these crappy scripts that he's been getting. Uh -huh. And um, and so he was like, no, I've just been reflecting on my life. And what he doesn't tell him is that he has ordered eight shots of tequila prior. That's true. And had a, you know, a revelation again. Because that's the only way he With can do that. With his secret friend, the bartender, as yes. well. Yeah. And Pepe. Anyway, um, so he tells them that he thinks it's a good idea to go to Sao Paulo for the, um, the gay pride down there. Uh, where they've asked him to be, you know, the, the grandmaster mm -hmm. of ceremonies. And so they get really excited, and they go to the airport. And, you know, Lido's getting the love that he needs when he lands at that airport, and I think it's really, really sweet. Um, and the, he has, like, a big fan group welcoming him, including the guy who kind of, I, I believe, is, like, the coordinator for the parade. Mm -hmm. He's the one that extended the invite to them. And he's just like, we are so happy you're here. Um, you know, here's a list of itineraries, and we'll open the parade with your address. He's like, my address. my address. And he's like, you don't have to give it if you don't want to, but it is an option. Like, you can make a speech if you'd like. Um, and so Lito's not really considering it. But they go out to a nice dinner with uh, just him, Danny, and Hernando. And it's really sweet because they're like, hey, same thing, like gently nudging. You don't have to give it the address. But I think one of the reasons why 
you were invited to this parade is because you're so great when you speak from the heart as evidenced by the interview that you gave on the red carpet for our, that premiere and I think that might be like part of the reason why they invited you out here so maybe just something to consider I think I'm interpreting it correctly but mm. I believe Lido asks them if he should do it Yeah. and Danny says of course you don't have to if you don't want to Fernando says like yes absolutely you should do it yeah Oh, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you can read that, like, two ways, because the first time I heard it, I thought he was, like, in agreement with Danny. She's like, you don't have to do anything yeah. you don't want to. He's like, Maybe. yes. But, I mean, I think they're both obviously on the same page where they want him to do it, but they're like, come on, make that decision. Yeah, like, I feel the way he says it, Hernando wants him to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Or thinks it would be beneficial for him to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's this really sweet moment where they get to see this really cute couple kissing in public at a nice romantic restaurant. And Danny, of course, has to take photos of it because clearly, you know. Boundaries. <laughs> boundaries. Boundary issues. Um, but I think it, it kind of, like, is a further proof that, like, Leto, you know, should do it because he's with a, surrounded by a community that's very comfortable and open and welcoming to him and they're leading a lifestyle that I think he wants to lead because mm -hmm. it's kind of not like a direct callback to season one but I mean he was so anxious just taking Hernando out with Danny to a romantic restaurant yeah. and now he's at this really nice restaurant in um, Sao Paulo like on the eve of the parade and he gets to see that these two men like kissing and giggling and it's really sweet and it's just kind of like you know I kind of want that maybe I should really trying to open myself up to this entire experience mm -hmm. as opposed to you know just showing up because it might be a fun thing to do uh it might mean a little bit more to people than that so uh he goes to the parade he gives a very nice speech and he gets to make out with Hernando on stage gets to finally announce that he is a gay man and that he loves Hernando, and Hernando has a really cute rainbow beard, <laughs> and, and uh, Danny is looking great in her getup. Um, and then they have a, a huge party, and we're going to put a pin in that, because I want to talk about the production side of things for this. Mm -hmm. But this is a, a sensate cluster moment. All of them are there. Um, so yeah, so he does that, and I'm pretty sure that's just his storyline, is him just mm -hmm. enjoying the parade. Well, it's important for him. Yes. I think it's a it's a great character beat. It's a good moment for him to finally kind of come full circle on his decision of, um, you know, it hasn't solved the problem of, you know, he's getting really awful scripts, but um, it is just another step further accepting himself and going even more public with that on his own terms and receiving yeah. the right kind of feedback and fans and kind of love that he he should be getting uh for this that's a decision that he gets to make on his own yeah uh because most of his previous decisions are reactions to something else yes. happening yeah so yeah. anyway uh that's his storyline who, do we, who else do we want to talk about? Well, there's um, Kafias. Yes. So, um, Kafias is driving his cute little bus. Zakia makes for a stop. Um, oh, and the widow has returned from yep. the Van Damme exploits where she says he is Van Damme uh, because she is one of the many uh, bus passengers 
totally creeping on their conversation where Zakia's like hey I heard that you stopped by my office I'm really sorry uh, that you had to talk to those guys they're, they're jerks they're complete assholes like you know I'm, I'm really sorry and he's just like it's okay um by the way they mentioned something <laughs> they mentioned that you and she's like yeah that's true I was in a relationship with a woman when I was at university and then she has the badass line of but like but also men yeah she's like I've had relationships with men too I fell in love with the person not their genitals and I was like you go girl cause genitals all around are gross so <laughs> um but it's a it's a really nice sentiment of like I care about the person as a person not as how they their gender how they identify their gender and she's um, very straightforward yeah, I it's a really like. she's explained this before. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's a like a, it's a really nice succinct way of explain like it's a nice explanation. It's a succinct explanation of like, hey, yep, this happened, this happened, this shouldn't be a big deal. And Kafias is like, let's take that in stride, and so she kisses him, and then uh, she invites him back to her place, and her place is so cute. Yes, I love much, place. much more expensive than coffee. Yes, it is. It is quite a bit. Um, it has a lot of books, which makes me very excited. But it is very obvious that um, they're, and they even pointed out, he's like, I've never dated someone who's had so many books. And she's like, and I've never dated a bus driver. Um, and I think this is a, a, just a nice way to check in and be like, but that's okay. From two different worlds. We're from two different worlds, but we're not going to worry about that right now because we need to bang. Um, but, yeah, it is something that I think is a nice visual cue of, like, hey, their relationship, they're coming from two different points of view. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that they can still kind of meet in the middle because they're essentially good people and want the same thing. Yeah. So. He gets very excited by the coffee maker. Yeah. And uh, various other things in mm-hmm. her apartment. I didn't see this, but I saw someone note that I guess she has Kit Kat ice cream in the <gasps> freezer, which is pretty great. That's amazing. Um, so he's probably never seen that before and is blown away by the combination of candy and ice cream. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like um, things like basic amenities that you, like the running water. Yes. It's yes. just like, it's things that he is so thrilled about and so excited about. And you just kind of, obviously, you know, he comes from. Um, uh, a poor community, but you're like, wow, this is a huge uh, difference between the two, especially if you consider she even mentions that like she pays less for water than he does mm-hmm. where he's at, um, and you're like, that's wrong, um, and so they have breakfast together, and he's very sweet, and he is telling her about the three politicians, um, or like um, who are part of that political i think it's the democratic reform party that went to visit him with the offer of hey we think you would make a really great candidate would you consider running for this party and he's telling her about it and he treats it like a joke and she's like why didn't you even like consider it why didn't you want to talk to them further and he's like oh because you know it's like not something to be taken seriously i mean look at me like i thought it was a silly story yeah i thought you'd enjoy the joke and she's (laughs) just like i've interviewed that guy and he's a really good guy he means well i think the least you could do is maybe you know take him up on his offer to talk and see what what their plan is uh beyond just extending the invitation and you know i think it kind of throws him and he's like oh uh, okay um i will think about that uh and i think that's it for him Hmm. so yeah um what's um Kala up to oh, 
Kala is up to some shit, man. Um, so her first entrance into the episode is, uh, I think, a nice segue from from Coffeeus because uh, she wakes up in the middle of the night, decides she's gonna wander over to the pool, and uh, just have a really nice little nice fantasy sequence there with uh, with Wolfgang. They're like, let's finally get this on, and that is, is in it a cup a with coffee. Well, that's the thing we have to talk about. No, no, no. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's kind of like a like a paired off orgy sequence. So it's not really an orgy. That was silly to say. But uh, her and Wolfgang are paired together for like a sex scene, and then Kafias and Zakia are also paired together for a sex scene, and it's kind of intercut between with a nice song. But Colin and Wolfgang are underwater. Yeah. So their half is more crazy yeah um but cinematography yeah cinematographically difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. the way i wrote it is wolfgang's ass awesome underwater cinematography coffee's ass so that's that's how that goes there's a lot going on there's a lot um there's it's a, a lot rich of tapestry yes <laughs> yes uh and we it's a it's a moment where call is like i'm trying to be brave also, you're pretty. So, we're going to do this. I'm tired of not, essentially. I'm tired of, of fighting it, and I want to give in. Carla is, is ready to make decisions mm-hmm. uh, for about 24 hours until yep. she's not ready until again. Until she's not ready. Yeah, but it's really, it's funny. It's a, It makes me laugh every time. So, um, Rajan comes in. In the morning, when Kala is still, you know, asleep on the bed, and he comes in <laughs> with like, but he's like, he's like coffeeus. He's like, I'm gonna make you a nice breakfast with little tray. Comes in, and uh, Kala is technically snuggled up with uh, Wolfgang still, and so Rajan goes in to kiss Kala, but it's Wolfgang, and Wolfgang's face, like his like <laughs> little grin when it happens, is so funny to me. Um, but then I was asking you, because I was like, wait, yeah. did Kala actually sleep with Rajan last night? Because he mentions, like, oh, that was a great night, and mm-hmm. you're my beautiful wife. And I was like, wait, I'm very confused. Also, you're super happy, and, like, I know you're usually a pretty nice dude, so bringing your wife breakfast in bed might not be seemingly out of the no, ordinary. No, no, it's just his comment. Yeah, so I was like, wait, is she having sex with Wolfgang? Or is, like, and it's just in her head? Or is the reality is she's fantasizing about it, like her and Wolfgang are technically connecting and doing that while she's having sex with her husband? I would say that it's unlikely to be that, I think. Yeah. From the way it's shot. Mm. Um, I thought maybe it could be that that just happened before or after or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so. so, you know. Don't know. It's a bit ambiguous. It it's is. like there's a scene cut or something. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, it's pretty hilarious anyway. Yeah. Because then Rajan goes in to kiss him again. Yeah. <laughs> which it's, is funny. It's amusing. Uh, and then Kala is watching Wolfgang play soccer with uh, Fuchs, Sebastian. It's a very violent game. Yeah. Also, like, I find it hilarious that if you look, like, Sebastian totally has jerseys for his team. I'm like, how casual of a league is this? Yeah, they say Fuchs on them. Yeah, and I'm just like, are you just, like... I'm the king of the north, and I love soccer, so we're going to form a league just so I can make jerseys with my name on it. But it's not even like, it's his name on all of the jerseys, mm-hmm. though. So uh, it's a super uh, violent soccer game, uh, football game, 
Someone beats up Felix's yeah. face. Yeah. Wolfgang beats up their face. Yeah, and then Felix is bleeding from the nose, and he's like, that's fucking real! And you're just like, you're a little unstable, buddy. But I still love you. Classic Felix. As I put it, Kala is really down, and Felix is also really down, but for two different reasons. When, they, when she watches the game and when Felix is playing the game with Wolfgang. So, uh, Kala... Mm-hmm. Uh, meets up with uh, Wolfgang to be like, yeah. hey, you're really intense. I'm super turned on. Also, um, about last night, real great, but um, you have to help me not do that again. It was wrong. It was wrong. And he's like, it's just a fantasy. Don't worry about it. It's like he's picking up a little leaf from, like, Leela. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, if you just, you know, marry Bad women fantasize influence. all the time. And you're like, stop that. Don't hang out with her anymore, Wolfgang. Yeah, don't do that, Wolfgang. Anyway, uh, and, he, and he tells her, essentially, like, she's like, I can't be trusted with my thoughts. And he's like, all right, well, um, pretending isn't a life, so let me let me know when you figure it <laughs> out. And he's not really, like, upset or mean about it. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like, no, this is a thing. This is a thing we're doing. She's like, oh, but I'm still not sure. He's like, okay, well, let me know. Like, I feel like this is one of those stereotypical things. It's like where the this couple finally gets together and then one of them kind of has regrets afterwards um, because there's a third player involved and, and the other one is usually really upset about it. But in this case, Wolfgame's like, it's not that it doesn't mean a lot to him. He just is kind of like, I'm going to let you come to your conclusion. Wolfgang takes everything in stride. Yeah, it's true. So He's a survivor. Yes. But, uh... Anyway, yeah, so that that's pretty much their storyline. What is Carl doing anything else? Um, I think that's it. No, honestly. I think Wolfgang does, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. He meets up with uh, Leela, and uh, she is being super dramatic. Shows up while he's taking a shower with a gun, shoots him, but doesn't actually of shoot him because did. it's all in it, their, each other's heads. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh my god, what the hell? She's like, I'm bored. I'm just trying to get your attention. I'm like, you're literally the worst. Um, and then Will even pops in to talk to Wolfgang, being like, I know you really want her to fuck off, but we need info <laughs> from her. So you gotta you gotta get her to talk. So Wolfgang's asking her about, he's like, you're on blockers? She's like, of course I am. Almost like every sense eight is. And, um, and he's just like, oh, do you know this guy? And he shows her a picture of Whispers. And she calls him the Cannibal, which is a new nickname for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like the Cannibal. And they call it Cluster Side because he ate his own cluster, meaning he killed his own people. Um, so, yeah, it's a fun, clever name. Um, and uh, he's saying, like, I need you to, I need more information. I need you to let me know more about him. And she's like, no, no, mama, don't play that game. <laughs> and he's like, really? You just told me that we need each other. We need to work together. And the first time I ask you for something, you back off. And uh, Leela has another person in her cluster pop up. Yeah, the first appearance yep, the first of p- another cluster member. I don't know how to put it. Yeah. Obviously, we've seen other sensates. Yeah. But he pops up and he's like, Leela, you gotta walk away from this dude. This cluster is dead, and and uh, it eventually devolves into like Wolfgang pestering Leela and essentially helping her while she goes off. She is sent off to go murder Mr. Turtle, um, Volkner, who Volker, is yeah. one of the kings. Uh, and he helps her, being like, "Hey, these are two hired professionals. You might want to wait because they're gonna do a sweep, then they're gonna come outside." And she's like, "Thanks," and then goes on a fun little murder spree. And uh, yeah. 
So that she happens. She gets him. Also, her uh, sensei friend like looks like he's right out of the Matrix or something. It's true. Oh my gosh. But like the Matrix, like on vacation, because I think he has a slightly more like colorful like <laughs> yes. shirt on, like a beach shirt. But uh, yeah, and it, it's cool because you're. It's just like another fun uh, visual cue where you're going to have clusters interact with each other, but obviously not all members of the cluster can see all members of the other cluster. So mm. it's kind of a fun mix to see people just suddenly pop up on screen and like talk to somebody and then have the other person be like, Oh, is that someone in your cluster? Like who are you talking to? So, um, yeah. So he's trying to get more information out of her. She is kind of moving some chess pieces around on the board in Berlin and kind of trying to get him involved in that. So it's a it's kind of this tension of he wants more information about the overarching BPO storyline and trying to get uh, more info about whispers and kind of where Leela stands with him. And then she's just kind of trying to drag him into the fray in Berlin and, and manipulate her way around. So there's even more of a power vacuum. So she kind of stands to gain. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, they're definitely heading into dangerous territory and people are starting to die. So something to think about for later on in the series. Um, and that's pretty much it for him. And who else have we got? Mother's son. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so son is leaving her teacher. She's like, I gotta go. And he's like, I know. I already made you a to-go bag. <laughs> here's some money. Here's some clothes. Here's some food. And I'm like, well, you're just the absolute best. Like, note to everybody. If you are a fugitive on the run, go see your martial arts teacher who loves <laughs> you so much. Because he's going to help you, baby girl. He's going to help. Um... And he, he's really sweet, and he says he's honored to be your teacher, and then she has to leave her dog again. And you're oh. just like, this dog has got to be so confused about what's going on. Um, so she leaves, and then she participates, you know, in the pride dance. And then um, after the pride celebration, uh, she and Riley are back up on that hill in London talking to each other. Uh -huh. And they're both saying, like, oh, that was fun. And then Riley points out, you know, like, the last time we were in this situation, you felt trapped and you were scared to go to prison. And Sun's like, now I miss it. And Riley's like, oh, we switched places, which means we're still in exactly the same place. And Sun kind of laughs at that. So um, they're just, Sun's kind of regrouping. She's not, uh -huh. like, doesn't have a huge role in this She's episode. She's preparing for a big moment next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it is a really nice moment, because like I said, I don't, you don't really get um, Sun and Riley paired up that much. Uh -huh. And so it is nice that their meeting up on the hill again is, like, full circle. Their favorite hill. Yeah, where they get to smoke together. It's nice. So, um, and still, it still throws me off. It, it, it's taken me, like, more episodes than I would like to say to be like, oh yeah, Son's not always going to be in prison clothes now because, like, when she meets up with Riley, she's in, like, this cool, collected, like, black top. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, she's a stylish lady out mm -hmm. on revenge. Mm -hmm. No more blue slacks for her. So, um, and that's pretty much it for her. Yep. Yeah. Then, uh, Nomi. Yes. So, Nomi and, um, Amanita have made it back to their apartment finally for good because of the e-death they're feeling confident enough that they can finally return home and you know catching up on on some 
important life things like uh, Nomi's sister Tegan is getting married mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she wants her to be her maid of honor so she is doing some fittings Nomi is trying on her dress and Amanita's there and Nomi pretty much just is like hey thanks Tegan I know it probably took a lot for you to you know invite me and maid of honor you kind of took one for the team for sticking up for me how are the how are horrible parents handling this and she's just like you know they're not happy they don't want you in my wedding but like it's my wedding and I wouldn't have it without you and they uh, say you take all the attention yeah well Nomi specifically her dad she's like how did dad take it and she's like well uh, you know dad told me that you're a narcissist and you're somehow going to try and make the day all about you like you always do and that's kind of a gut punch to know me uh, but she's like oh my gosh I'm going to be here for you every step of the way if you need anything um, I'm going to prove dad wrong essentially and of course perfect timing is <laughs> just like oh my god so I tracked this old shipping you know receipt to the cabin and uh, from the Brassics Electronics for shipping some medical equipment and supplies to the cabin and we've got an address and we can go track it down now. So they're like, oh shit, we gotta go, bye. <laughs> Never mind. Never Goodbye. mind. This is this is important though mm-hmm. because I've noticed um, that some uh, think Nomi is very, uh, well I think she is narcissistic. Yes. Uh, because of this and because of a later scene. Um, and I think it's relevant that it's intentional yeah. because she does specifically bring it up in the following scene yeah. when she's with Amanita in the forest. Yeah. We're uh, so, you know, like it's whether one is bother- that bothered by it or not, I think it would be wrong to think the show doesn't know what it's doing, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So they... they um, the cabin apparently isn't that far away from where they are, so they go and they're walking through the woods trying to find it, and uh, they're both having a discussion where Amanita is like, yeah, I'm super lucky in the dad department because she's got all three of them. Because again, <laughs> Amanita is in a Mamma Mia situation, and it is amazing, and I'm just like, this show needs to address this more. Um, but they, uh, you know, kind of address the comment where... Nomi's like, am I being really narcissistic? And Amini is like, you mean you have this massive, like, new revelation that you are no longer the species you thought you were? You've had people after you, we've been on the run, and maybe you've been a little focused that you haven't been paying that much attention to your beautiful, wonderful girlfriend. And <laughs> Nomi rightfully points out that Amanita is approaching sainthood status, which I super agree with, because she is, like, the world's best girlfriend. Um, But anyway, uh, Nomi starts kind of getting these memory flashes back of Angelica and saying, like, oh, I've never seen her like this, because it's her with, like, Jonas in the cluster and showing things around to people, and she's happy. And then it immediately switches to, like, Angelica fighting with the cluster, Raul's there, and it's kind of you know flashes diving into experiments Mm -hmm. where they're just like you know you can't you can't use this technology with the neurografting like it's like the nazis experimenting on us we're all going to be rounded up and and she's just like i'm I'm sorry what did i do and um the cluster like leaves jonas is there and says like i'll go to i'll go to iceland we'll figure something out and then it's a, a weird intercutting of um 
it's got to be a flash forward because it goes from like Raul arguing with Angelica about the neurograft, uh, the neural graft, and then it cuts to him with that big scar on his forehead, kind of zombie-like, and he is trying to light the cabin on fire. He's pouring gasoline everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Metzger comes. As, uh, we hey, miss him. Metzger, we miss Doctor Metzger. We miss him. I forgot he pops up again in season two, and it's a flashback, and he's like, "Oh my God, what's going on with Raoul?" And uh, Angelica's like, he's obviously trying to destroy all of my research. Mm. And so... And Whispers is there, too. And Whispers shows up, and he's like, oh, my God, can you believe this? And they're all watching. And they're all watching as he, Raul, makes the phone call again to his dad. But Angelica's, of course, in there with him also. because. she has con- she's connected with him so she is kind of actually the one prompting him to do this mm-hmm. and I think it is one of those things where it's like a, a it's not like she's coercing him into doing it she's just almost there for like moral support yes which also implies that she it supports his decision to destroy all yeah. of this research it but remains she- more ambiguous as yeah. of this time but yes. obviously she is standing outside being very disapproving while inside she is supporting him and very upset yeah. but also like do what you gotta do obviously she's keeping secrets yes. from someone yeah um so he sets the cabin on fire the cabin is no longer there and um metzger and whispers are like oh god what do we do and she's like i can start over with my research and that is what prompts her to go to chicago um mm-hmm. and they feel like hey seems like when she went to Chicago, That's everything, everything went yeah, wrong. everything went wrong, which is relevant. Yes. To the other big exposition dump yep. in the episode. Yeah. Which is we should which probably is, transition yes, to that. Yes. Riley. Riley. Although Will. I wanted to, yeah. Does Will do anything separately? Uh no, he's pretty much just with her the whole time. Yeah. Well, the episode starts. Uh, obviously, they just escaped from the last. From the the, uh, concert, the concert that she threw, yeah. where they uh, connected to some sunsets. Um. So they're on the train. And they're being cute, but slightly concerning because she's, you know, has him on a schedule with the blockers. He's like, oh, it makes me miss heroin. And you're like, no, Will, no, it shouldn't, really shouldn't. But I think what it it really makes them miss is uh, the fact that he is blocked off from his connection to Riley. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, it's different. Like normal kissing just isn't good enough. Isn't good enough for us now. And they make the cute comment of like, maybe it's like when you're a really old couple. And he's like, maybe, you know, a little snobby sensates. Yeah. I'm like, guys get together. Okay. Uh, Like, um, but it's very cute. Um, and then while they're on the train, Scottish Sylvester pops up. Yes. The old man of Hoy. He has uh, introduced Mr. himself, Hoy. and the old man of Hoy, this is my trivia for the day, mm. is a sea stack. Yes. I don't remember where it is. It's on an, an archipelago. Yes. Which is hilarious. It looks like a big old man. Mm-hmm. So that's what that is. Yeah. And that's what he calls himself. Yeah. And because they give their names out very willingly. Yeah, they're like, He's hey. like, I will not be fooled. He's like, no, no, ma'am. Um, and he, she's like, oh, great. He thinks we work for BPO. Yeah. He thinks it's a trap. And then, uh, and that's just kind of like a continuing theme throughout. Yeah, he doesn't say that much in this scene, right? Yeah, no, it's not until later. So they make it to London. Riley's a boss with their safe houses. It's like a whole other, and even Will points it out. It's like, wow, it's like a whole other like underground world Mm -hmm. here. And so she starts, you know, 
taking newspapers, setting up the place to, you know, set up their hideout. And then another visitor, but then, yes. Puck, shows up. <laughs> I love Puck. Um, Puck is the sensate equivalent of an STD, is the nicest way to put it, and Riley even points it out, where he also does not trust Riley, and then makes some lovely proposition stories, like, you know, sex is a really good basis for trust, and she's like, I don't think so. Um, and he starts, and that's where we get, uh, he starts calling Will the bowling ball, which makes me laugh. Because he's like, oh, this guy's so sharp. And it's like, no, Will is. Will's sharp. And uh, Puck is saying, like, you know, no one is going to believe you guys. And, and she's like, well, what, how did you know I was Sensate? Like, why didn't you tell me when I went? And he's like, I told you enough about the blockers. And it's just this common theme of, like, we don't trust you guys. Because if you've survived this long, that can't be right. And, and you're this public. Yeah, and you're this yeah. public. That's not, I mean, it's got to be a BPO trap. And that's something that also correlates with Wolfgang because uh, Lilo and her other, you know, Matrix mm-hmm. cluster man pops up and she, he's just like, this cluster is so dead. And she's like, how long has Whispers been after? He's like, about a year. She's like, that's not possible. You can't, you wouldn't have survived after a year. And so it's one of those things where, um, you know, they they do have a, a common ground with like oh whispers is a bad guy because he is like an extension of bpo and we know like the time frame for clusters if they get under his radar is not very long and so we don't trust anybody and especially so if they've survived whispers because we're just going to assume that you are you know in league with bpo so it's a little frustrating for riley and um she has mr Mr. Hoy pop up again, mm-hmm. and um, he has a lot to say. Yeah. Well, he's in his little box. Yes. And so um, they are talking. Are little talking. Box. Yeah. And and uh, you know she wants to know why they have to talk like that, and he reiterates that uh, no one trusts them. Yeah. And, and uh, he doesn't want anyone to know where he is. And he's also been like, I've been doing this for thirty years. And then he's like, and then I went to your concert, and I realized that I'm slowly dying of survival. And she's like, okay, I'm getting really sick of this shit. <laughs> Let me take you somewhere. And Will's like, wait, dude, where are you going? And she goes up outside to show Mr. Hoy, like, hey, we're in London, so if you are part of VPL, you know exactly where to find me. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Mr. Hoy's like, oh, now you've done it, Riley Blue. And he's like, I'm not about to be out trusted. And so um, he takes her outside of his little hiding spot, which is actually in the middle of his very nice Scottish manor in the Highlands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And he gives her a fun little tour, and it's very Doctor Who-esque. He's exceptionally Scottish, by the way. Yeah, super Scottish. I love it. Um, To the point of maybe it might be stereotypically Scottish, because there are some (laughs) fried Mars bars up in there that get mentioned. He Um, also wears a kilt at all times. Yes, because he's adorable. Just lean into it. I don't know. It's his job to represent Scotland. All of as many ways as he can. Exactly. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Have to do it in broad strokes, apparently. Um, but he has a huge exposition dump for her while he is showing her around his lovely place. Uh, where he also lives with... Uh, Miss Christie. Yes. Who was married to someone in his cluster. Mm. Um, and when that person died, they're like, tasked him to look after her. Um, and she's like, oh, are you talking to one of your invisible friends again? <laughs> and so it, it's kind of implied that he thinks like, oh, she's taking care of me. I'm taking care of her. 
but maybe she knows more than she lets on. Like, she's aware that, mm-hmm. you know, there is some different entity there with some and cluster. she is in Cloud Atlas, by the way. Oh, is she? Isn't she the one? Who is she? That's in the nursing home. Oh, my God, she is. Yes. <gasps> is she Veronica? I don't remember her name, actually. I think that's her name. But she's don't in there. Don't quote me on that. She's the lady that escapes with Jim Broadband in the mm-hmm. old folks' home. Oh my gosh, I feel so silly. It's obviously her. Anyway, ooh, that's exciting. Sensate connection. Wachowski connection. Um, but yeah, so she she pops up and he essentially gives Riley a history lesson where he's like, all right, in the spring of 52, a bunch of these big world power groups came together and discussed reality and what it meant to be human. And Ruth, Dr. Ruth yeah, was there. Yeah, Dr. Ruth. And she well, was... What's her name? Is her name Al-Sadawi? Yeah. Ruth al and, uh, and he was like, they essentially assigned an accord that gave um, homo sensorians rights. And it was also a promise that, that would they would never be deployed for military. And um, and he and she's Riley's just like, how do you know about this? And he was. I was there. I was there. He's like, Hugo weaving in Lord of the Rings because I was there that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he he tells Riley that that was the founding of BPO mm-hmm. that day. And but reiterating they, what uh, Mr. Croom told yeah. Will in the third in second the museum, episode, yeah, yeah. saying. Hey, um, that is not what the organization was originally founded on, not the mm-hmm. principles, not the ideology at all. Um, our founder wasn't a, Ruth wasn't a sensate, but her twin sister was, and she got clubbed to death in Egypt because she got accused of witchcraft and living, like, immorally, mm-hmm. I guess, is the best way to put it. Too many senses. Yes. It's illegal. And so Ruth went from being, like, you know, a highly praised academic until, like, you know, a crusader where she, what happened to her sister she didn't want to happen to anyone else, and she firmly believed that, you know, <laughs> sapiens and uh, sensorans could live together, and that is what BPO was meant to do. And he mentions, like, well, you know, homo sapiens can you like look at what they do to each other when they're afraid and when they you know kind of start creating boundaries and lines of us and them like they do these awful things they go to war there's terrorist attacks it's like can you imagine what they would do to a different species and that is something that's kind of just been brought up consistently throughout the season and so um he says like uh, Riley's like do you recognize this guy and she does the same thing Wolfgang does she shows him a picture of whispers and he is just like oh yeah the you know we have many different names for him but uh, when people when our kind of nightmares about BPO it's usually about him mm-hmm. and so she's like can you find him do you know his name they're they're trying to find his name and he's like well that's it's not a- Milton apparently yeah it's yes. not Milton it's not Matheson it's not I think well, I don't know what he goes by for his last name when he's Milton. Yeah, I don't remember. It starts with a G. I think it's like Gibson or something. Um, but they're like, we need to hunt him. We need to track him ourselves because it it's just you know it's not enough to just kind of turn the tables on him. Mm-hmm. We need to find a way to one up him. And now that he you know took out Crooms, he's in a better position now than he has ever been in BPO, and it's it's actually made it slightly worse. 
Um, and so, uh, Mr. Hoy is like, oh, I can find him for you, but it's for a price. Now, we, we have this organization, we're called the Archipelago, and it's the we're isolated above, connected below thing. And he says, like, the, the Homo sapiens invented Google in, like, the turn of the century. We've had it since the Neolithic era. And then it does this really, really cool montage of, you know, whoever you're connected to, it's like a connected big game. People. It's a global game of telephone. Yeah. And they do find him. Um, there's quite a lot of little extras for this scene. Yes. Um, um, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, um, but it results in uh, someone who is, like, working at the office. Yeah. Where, um, Professor Colobius. Professor Colobius, yeah. Yeah. And that's how they get him, and they're like, oh, we... He's like, all right, now, in return for this favor of, you know, trying to find and uh, lead you in the right direction, we need you to go to Chicago and meet with someone. And this is happening at the same time that Novi is getting all these flashbacks about the cabin, and... how Chicago is awful. Yeah, it's... They've come to the conclusion that, like, if you go to Chicago, it's really dangerous, because that's where things start going wrong for Angelica... Who's to say that things won't start going wrong for you guys? That do, like, because when Angelica joins BPO, to, and we don't know where her loyalties are at this point. I mean, we do later on. Let's just say she's one of the good guys. Um, it really starts to go downhill the more you dig at BPO, and Chicago is kind of like the epicenter for that. And so Riley has to go to Chicago. Yeah. So they all stare at Riley in the yes. forest. It's very dramatic. Yes, and she's like, "I, I gotta go. I, we need to see this through. We gotta get more information on Whispers." This is interesting. Yeah. I think I might have mentioned this before. Mm. Really recenters Riley as like the the leader sort of. Yeah. Um, you know she's the one that has to do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, partially because she's the non-compromised one among her and Will. Yes. But uh, it just feels like they're all looking to her, you know, in the same way they yeah, would I mean, look to Angelica. I mean, even in the yeah, she has kind of taken over like the mother role. So mm-hmm. even in the blocking, like. She looks like the most like Angelica. She's separated a little bit from the group. The light is hitting her. She looks angelic, just like <laughs> Angelica. No pun intended, but it. They are. Oh, kind I'm of sure shot they intended the that. Way. I know, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and there is also a weird sequence before that, before she has this big meeting and exposition dump with Mr. Hoy, where her and Will are um, interchanging with like whispers and his wife who we find out her yes. name is elizabeth i knew that was in this one yeah and it's like it's weird because they're like almost playing house because they're spying again on whispers and um and there's like a safe in the house he gets a call from the secretary saying hey the chairman's really excited about your work and will mm-hmm. kind of pops out of it and riley's like what's going on and he's like i have n- literally no idea but whatever it is it's something bad because like whispers seems pretty happy pretty content so like we need to find him before something worse happens to us or somebody else. This is pretty important, though, because this is, like, the the bit that sort of goes under the surface, I think, through yeah. several episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they almost uh, throw it on you in, like, the finale uh, yeah. of... They've really been um, going through this plan the whole time. But this is, like, the first time you see him in his house there, and mm-hmm. then you're going to see them, like, actually go there yeah. uh, soon. And so I think it's easy to breeze over this scene among all the other stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, it really helps to pay attention to it to work out exactly what's going on yeah. for the rest of the season, basically. Yeah, this one's a little tricky because it's a lot of backstory with Angelica and Nomi exploring. It's like they're they're coming at it from, like, 
two different ends. Mm -hmm. So they have like the personal involvement with whatever Angelica did with BPO and Whispers that Nomi is trying to uncover on one side. And so that's like the current history of BPO and what, what they're doing, which is bad, whatever it is. And then you have the even further back history that like Will and Riley are stumbling upon with um, Mr. Hoy of being like, how did this get established? Why did it go so wrong? And who do we meet to try and, and turn the tables and fix it? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what can we do to bring it back to, you know, its previous iteration, its original intent? So it's a lot of like kind of tricky storylines and they are kind of blurring and merging into each other, but they are really important. Um, because it gives you a lot of good backstory for Angelica and her motivations, which makes you kind of question, like, you know, Jonas's role and, you know, what happened mm. to the previous cluster. I found, we've been watching with subtitles. Yes. Very helpful. Super helpful. Because uh, I admire their commitment to this, but uh, in this season, like, every flashback to Angelica and Jonas and all them is done in this very blurred, uh, inaudible sort of style, mm-hmm. but with subtitles on. You can actually hear exactly what everyone's saying. I know, helpful. Um, which actually clears up a lot of, like, who's mad at who. Yeah. In which scene. Yeah. Um, but I do think the fact that they committed to not just showing us uh, easier to understand scenes mm-hmm. is admirable because you're not supposed to be able to uh, perceive the, the sense memories, you know, yeah. like you would something that's actually happening, obviously. Right. It's It's... You know they're dead. Like it's got to be a little more difficult. Yeah. In general, I think this second season, you could say it's like more trusting. Yeah. Um, there are more things that aren't spelled out, and you can tell that everything is there to be spelled out eventually. Mm-hmm. But they they really do um, go all in on making you wait for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's this episode, especially like the very end part. Mm-hmm. With the intercutting between like Will and Riley's storyline and Omi's storyline, it's a lot of balls to juggle. The, the yeah, the emotional through line is there. Uh, yeah, you get that as you sort of were building to something really bad happened here. You know, which is foreshadowed before with with Raul. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we can see what actually happened. Pretty bad, and then we get that Riley has to go do something and scary because yeah. that's what something bad happened that's pretty much all you need yeah right now i think even if some of the details are confusing yeah 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 it's a tricky one i think it's tricky because they are doing a nice job of introducing like a lot of back history and backstory for and they're also introducing a lot of new characters so it is a little hard sometimes to keep up and be like oh wait who's fighting with who and we're trusting him mm-hmm. and i think it is probably because Jonas is no longer the main king of exposition yeah. now. You're getting, like we said, the the memory flashbacks with Angelica. It's because Jonas is dead. Yeah. And clearly, guys, <laughs> clearly. Um so yeah, so their their only real source of exposition now is like memory flashbacks with Angelica mm-hmm. and then whatever like Mr. Hoy tells them. So, um and these things are blurred lines when they're explained and they're explained very quickly. And I, I, I do think it is intentional to be, like, kind of not completely steady on your feet going after this episode. It's generally a little more confusing here. I think the end of the season is less confusing. Yes. The beginning is less confusing. Yeah. But this is sort of an ambiguous section. Mm-hmm. And I think really what we were talking about, about how season two is more defined episodes and 
less of a archy act structure yeah really helps here because mm-hmm. regardless of all whatever exposition is being doled out in each episode yeah there's these very clear points like you know last episode ended with the senseis are gonna fight back yeah and this episode ended with Riley's gonna head into danger yeah. like these are really easy things to understand emotionally even if uh, yeah not. even if it's getting a little convoluted yeah I agree um, and that's pretty much it I think, uh, obviously, the big highlight, the big sensate moment, aside from all of, like, the memory flashbacks and intercutting with the Angelica stuff, and then the group having, like, a family get-together in the woods, being like, Riley's thinking about Chicago, guys, mm-hmm. um, is obviously the Pride Parade yes. in Sao Paulo. Which, as far as sensate moments go, is not, uh, it's not super long, no. actually. Um, people were disappointed about this, I've discovered. Oh, no. They, they, like, you know, made a big deal out of filming this. Yeah. It was all over the social media. Mm-hmm. I think some people got a little bit too into it as a result. Yeah. I and think they it were like, why isn't it 10 minutes long in the show? Yeah. Which the obvious answer is probably, uh, they may have filmed for a while, but how much usable footage do you think they actually got? Yeah. It's pretty hard to film in that sort of situation. Yeah. Like the previous long party scene. Mm. is the birthday party scene in the Christmas special. Yeah. Which is all clearly in much more controlled conditions. Yes. This is more like... This is well, at a live event. They filmed it Pride in the first season. Yes. And, of course, they also filmed um, bits in that festival for um, Call's flashback in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, both the, those scenes are much shorter. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted for the, the San Francisco Pride in season mm-hmm. one, I mean, the only thing that they had to do was have Nomi and Amanita in there. Yeah. And the they got to ride with the dikes with bikes, and that was the only sequence, because the whole point is, like, Nomi falls off the bike. It's not a big, like, literal, like, clusterfuck mm-hmm. <laughs> with other sensates being there, because it is the beginning of the show. And then the um, big festival with Kala, they didn't shoot with any of the actors there. They went back and shot, yeah. like, with the, you know, mini versions of, like, Kala and that boy. But, like, the actual big shots of the festival but even they said like production wise they're like it would be impossible mm. to try and stage a like a a scene there to shoot a scene there with like actors with lines and stuff because it's just like it's a public space it's overwhelming it's a lot yeah um well i think this pride scene does its job the real emotional big moment is leto's individual moment i yes. think uh it's it's fun that they're all there mm-hmm. uh, partying it out Mm-hmm. Uh, partially because of the out-of-show context of, you know, Brazil being yes. super into Sensei. Yes. But really, like, that's just a little capper to the scene. That The scene is heavily focused on that emotion. Yeah. And and really, like, when he brings Hernando out. That's that's the big moment. Mm-hmm. It's not like the or first orgy scene or the party scene or something mm-hmm. where the whole it's point of it is of literally to watch them all. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is something that must be mentioned, of course. Yes. Okay, so... Um, I know we have been talking about this a lot because the editing with how you see the sensates on screen, um, we've defended it by saying like, guys, they edit as they go. Like these, and even like the creators have said, Hey, like how some of these scenes are shot where you see all of them on camera at Mm -hmm. once doing different things. Like this is intentional. Obviously their connection is getting stronger and what you're seeing on screen is more of what's going on in the, in their head than an actual physical representation of what what they are bodily doing on screen. So with that being said... We have what is known as a 
Goof. A goof, yes. So Amanita <laughs> is at Pride. She's in one of the master like wide shots. Yeah. With all of the sensates off to the side while Lido is giving his speech. I personally have a hard time finding her anywhere else. I'm sure she's probably in there somewhere. I was looking for it. I think that's um, the one where it's really obvious. I think that it's she's possible there. they did everything they could to chop her are out it's just that that one shot obviously required them to keep it yes because it was it's the a big shot. kiss scene yeah yeah um but it should be noted that this is probably a goof because they brought the whole cast down to pride um and obviously they brought all the sunsets but i think um logistically I literally do not know how they did this. So they got, they were kind of flip-flopping of, are we going to be able to do it? Are we not going to be able to actually shoot there? And then within a day's notice, they turned everything down in two days and got everybody down there mm-hmm. to shoot that scene. Well, the internet told me, apparently, mm. that uh, Amanita, Freema, yeah. only ever present for um, scenes that she had to be in. Like right. She didn't, you know, travel at any other time. Mm-hmm. So if they brought her... Mm-hmm. They were definitely thinking she would actually be in it. Yeah. Um, and obviously filmed what they could. Yeah. And at some point decided not to include whatever this was, something about Nomi and Amanita literally going there in person, apparently. Because mm. that would be the only way that would work. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it would work exactly because it's hard to figure out how she would like get on a plane well yeah. okay she has just they do done have the e-death. e-death i don't yeah. know how far they were going to take it that yeah. could be part of it you know maybe they thought the e-death was a good concept um and it worked for like the wedding and stuff like that mm-hmm. but maybe they thought it was pushing it to have them get on a plane mm-hmm. or something yeah. but clearly they decided to not include them actually traveling there yeah the other alternative is, like, they all just, as, like, a out-of-production experience, just wanted to go to Pride. <laughs> you could also just imagine that they did include that, and there's yeah. a missing scene where they flew over there. Yeah. But I think that would be kind of sad, because that would mean you're depriving yourself of a scene where two senses would meet in real life. Yeah, which is always a big deal. So it's better just to chalk it up to this is a mistake yeah. yes and also appreciate like the location manager and the production team and all of like the travel and coordination that that takes to get them down there that fast to shoot a scene so I, I i respect when people say like oh they're kind of a little disappointed because they don't think that the the big fun like cluster pride parade sequences are long enough but i'm like guys they only had a really finite time to shoot that and mm-hmm. it was so last minute it's impressive that they even got down there at all so yeah. i give them props for that because that is it is a really fun moment and you're right it is more centered on leto anyway so it makes sense that you don't have like a 10 minute you know break from the from the series just to be like hey here we go guys here's all of them having fun you do get it so i'm fine with it it doesn't bother me it doesn't really take me out of it i didn't even catch it the first time i saw it so i think it's one of those things where it's like unless you're really really looking for it it is okay to kind of not spot it and it doesn't it shouldn't really take you out of it yeah i mean i love the scene but i love it for for leto himself not for um the gang hanging out necessarily yeah so anywho i guess that's pretty much it for this episode it's kind of a tricky one i really like it i think this one especially uh works a lot better on rewatch as Mm -hmm. well i mean it is fun with the initial viewing but in terms of like all the big 
plot stuff that's coming into play for later at the very end of this episode makes a lot more sense once you've already seen it. Um, so do we have MVPs? My MVP is Lido. Nice. I gave it to Riley last time. Mm. She's still doing great work. She is. But she's going to continue to do great work. Yeah. So I figure um, this is a pretty big for Lido. Mm. Um, like his second great moment of uh, just self-actualization after yeah. his uh, season one, episode ten moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to see Leto having so much success because a lot of his story is spent trying to figure out how to get out of the hole he is in, essentially. Yeah. I agree. I'll give it to him, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's great. He and Hernando agree there in that scene. Yes. It's all good. It's really sweet. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is actually like him coming to the airport and almost being like taken aback that there are so many people there mm-hmm. to like celebrate him. I like this little moment where they um they tell him that his uh, speech, speech his is has gone viral essentially, and he's like, "I didn't know." Like you told me to stay off social media. Like, <laughs> Nando's like, "You look at the bad stuff." Yeah, it's true, and that's something you know. It's a nice moment to be reminded of, like, oh, no, you still do have fans out there. Yeah. I mean, that one has, like, over a million views, so that's exciting. But it is also, like, a good plot point of being, like, hey, you're getting too big, you know, which is something, like, the cluster is getting well-known, which even, oh, we forgot to mention this, mm-hmm. happens with Coffeeus when he comes back home and Silas Kabaka is totally dating his mom. That's true, yes. And it's a fun moment where they both come home and they're like, ha we didn't spend the night here, did we? We both spent the night elsewhere. And um, and she points out like, oh yeah, Silas Kabaka, by the way, also has the virus like I do. And, you know, he is trying to change and do better. So Silas is currently on watch. Yes, and Silas is even mentioning to Coffee is like, hey, I saw your interview people are talking that's mm-hmm. really great but also you want to be careful and lie low and that is i think you know kind of a thread that runs through the cluster of you guys are getting too big you're getting too public yeah. you're getting public like collectively within like the sensate community by throwing that rave but also like individually like coffee has a really yeah. great interview i mean Leto has a really great interview and a really great speech. Like, these things are coming to play and they're becoming more public. So, um, just a little side note there, because we forgot to mention mm-hmm. that. But I will also give it to Leto. Um, Coffeeus is a close second, because I just really enjoy his story arc a lot more this season. I think it's more interesting to have more positive things happen to him and see how that works. <laughs> Um, and him just embarking on a new relationship, like I said, that isn't a factor. Like it's, he's interacting with someone who is kind of not in a bad way, but challenging him on some things Mm -hmm. to be like, no, you can make a difference and you could make it on a larger scale. But, um, but Leto gets me with that speech. So obviously it's going Mm -hmm. to him. Um, who would you have for your, your sidekick? Well, it's, there's not a lot going on. I mean, Felix gets really mad. Carl doesn't really have any side characters. I mean, she got Rajan. Sun doesn't do much. Mm-mm. It's true, and Rajan's scene is great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, who else, you know? Will and Riley, at this point, they're their own side characters. Yep. <laughs> it's like poor Diego. Where has he gone? Riley has never had any reliable sidekicks except for her dad, so her life is sad. Um... um I would actually give it to Coffeeus' mommy. 
That's a good one. I think it's a good yeah. scene between them. Now that we've mentioned it, sorry yes, again. We have. We have. Um, I think it's nice to see again her and Coffee is happy, and both of them have such a strong bond, as evidenced by that scene where they're like both being awkward and being <laughs> like, "Oh, you don't think I can turn a head anymore?" You know. Um, and I think it's nice to be like, "Hey, there are big positive changes that are happening in our life," and um, you know, let's take it in stride because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we have new people in our lives, but we still have each other. And I think that's sweet. And I really like his mom. So I'll give it to her. Uh, One-off characters? I haven't chosen the sidekick yet. Oh, you haven't? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I will give one to Hernando for his rainbow beard. Oh, that's a good one. He didn't do much in this episode. He just stood there and looked pretty, but he's Hernando, so, you know. Yeah. He didn't have to do much. All he had to do was the rainbow beard, really. Yeah. Boom. That's he looked proud. That was what he did. He, he had a lot of shots pride. where they said, look proud now. And he nailed it. And he did it. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right. One and very there. nervously said hello to everyone. Yeah, it was so cute. <laughs> uh, I just love the way they look at each other. It's adorable. One off? One off? I don't know. You tell me. I'm going to give it to Puck, because I love Puck. <laughs> He's so gross. He's so gross. So sleazy. He's so sleazy. We have a bias, I think, though. I, we like him from I, his past work. Yeah, but it's also one of those things where it's like, I think he's having a lot of fun. You know yeah. how you have some actors where they get a role, and it's like, mm, they're not the greatest character, but they are. Like, it looks oh, like he's having... Oh, it definitely feels like, like they hired him because they like him. And yeah. they were like, go just... Do this. Go nuts. Yeah. Uh, I think... He is a funny character. He is kind of gross, but he is also like most of the other characters when they give exposition are kind of seen as like a quote unquote like authority figures or experts. <laughs> yeah. So like you have Jonas and then obviously like Mr. Hoy. They've been around for a while. They've been a sensei for a while. I mean, you even get like a little bit with like Leela too, but it's more of like her personal experiences, mm-hmm. not as like, hey, this is what the sensei community as a whole, here's some exposition. But like Puck is not a figure of authority in any capacity, but he is also there to give exposition. So it is kind of like a funner take on yeah. like, oh, you don't know how many people I'm connected to. Also, I'm really gross. And <laughs> I find him entertaining because of that. Um, my one-off choice is the old man of Hoy. Oh, he's so because great. he's very Scottish. Mm. Uh, and I like his pronunciations. I love that he adds all of the possible vowels into one vowel yes. when he says stuff. You didn't um, know. And I like Sylvester McCoy, but also because my favorite scene mm. is the archipelago scene where he asks Riley's questions to every sensei in the world. Because mm-hmm. it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. It gives you this big moment of... Uh, the sensei world is so large mm-hmm. specifically the moment that might make you think wow I can't imagine what season 3 is going to be like pretty exciting uh, Hurts. can't wait for that Hurts. <laughs> yep that's a good one so that those are my choices that's a good scene I like that Is that and that's your favorite scene yeah that's mine too I mean it's just don't get me wrong I do get very excited when Kala and Wolfgang are like hey we're going to have really cinematic sex but uh, yeah. They, they also play the uh, theme, I think, mm-hmm. during uh, the archipelago scene. It's like, cue up that opening title montage. They also should play it when Riley first walks outside. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is London. Cue also, this is Sensei. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Those are good. 
I think that's it for us. That is it. Boom. Who can say what will happen next time? I know. I really don't know, except that it involves a graveyard. Yeah, it does. And hot detective. Woo! All right, we should sign off before I get way too excited. Uh, this has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll be talking to you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can write in reviews on Apple Podcast, And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.